Good afternoon and welcome to In Pursuit of the Amazon Experience and Digital Transformation Strategies, a health system CIO Media Inc. production sponsored by Fine Technologies, a simpler company. Just a little housekeeping before we get started. My name is Anthony Guerra. I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Health System CIO, and I'll be your moderator today. We're looking forward to your participation. You can send in your questions or comments at any time in the Q&A box, and we'll have a little one-question poll um, later on in the program. A nice way to view the screen, click in the top center, get it in side-by-side -side mode, then you can adjust the divider to get the video boxes and the slides the size you want, and it should say speaker view in the top right-hand corner. Just so you see how we're going to spend our time today, we're going to do about 35, 40 minutes with our main panel discussion featuring Sri Bardwaj, VP Digital Innovation, with Franciscan Health, Adrian Maman, AVP Patient Access Transformation Officer with Montefiore Health System, and Tom White, CEO with Fine Technologies, a simpler company. All right, we're going to jump right in. I think we're going to have a very lively and fun and robust discussion today. So let's get going. Sri, can you give us an overview of your organization and your role? Thank you, Anthony. This is uh, Sri Bharadwaj, uh, Vice President, Digital Innovation Applications for Franciscan Health. Uh, Franciscan Health is a uh, 14 hospital system based out of Indianapolis uh, and, uh, and uh, basically Indiana and Illinois. Uh, we have uh, several hospitals up and down the 65 corridor, um, focused mostly around uh, uh, digital engagement and, the, and uh, trying to figure out how do we help our patients get access to both our physicians, either remotely or through face-to-face -face capabilities. Very good, Adrian. Hi, uh, good afternoon, Adrian Maman. Um, like was mentioned earlier, I'm AVP and Patient Access Transformation Officer for Montefiore Health System. Montefiore uh, consists of 10 hospitals um, in the New York City region, namely in the Bronx and uh, a few counties north of it, uh, Westchester and Rockland counties. Um, at Montefiore Health System, um, I, my portfolio consists of uh, managing the patient access center, which is a centralized call center, contact center for the organization, as well as leading various efforts, including digital transformation, um, et cetera. Very good, Tom. Hi, uh, Tom White, uh, CEO and uh, founder of Fine Technologies. We recently purchased by Simpler, uh, which we'll, we'll talk more about. But uh, you know, Find is a provider data management platform that helps hospitals, health systems, health plans uh, build a deeper data model around their providers, which we, we consider, you know, the products of health systems are, you know, providers, the locations uh, that service their, their patients, also the virtual visits. We help them build a deeper data model on that and then serve that up into uh, their consumer population, their patient population. Uh, Find is now a simpler company and uh, we've been rebranded. So our new, our new product name is, is uh, Simpler Directory. And so it's really about directory management for, uh, for health systems and health plans. Very good. Thank you, Tom. All right, Adrian, let's start with you. When we talk about providing an Amazon or Facebook-like experience to patients, what do we mean by that? Sure. Um, so ultimately, it's really about having a patient-first uh, approach. Uh, you know, I, my title and my role has a lot to do with access. And so how is it that Amazon and Facebook has made it really easy from a digital footprint perspective to really engage with their um, with their company. And so in healthcare, what can we do from a digital experience perspective to enable patients to get that care easily? And so when we talk about access in healthcare, it could be the website, how you interact with the mobile platforms. It's how you interact with patients over uh, text messaging. So various channels um, but how does the patient have the ability to engage with the healthcare organization? One way or bi-directional. Very good, Tom. Yes, it's interesting. Yeah, Adrian mentioned that you know that her, her focus historically has been in access, and if you think about access for health systems, it's um, it's usually a phone number, right, Adrian? I mean, it's historically That's been. That's exactly yeah, how so, we where we began. Yeah. We started with so call centers, right? Yeah, and so that you know. We, we really think that, you know, 
what Amazon has done is is taken an a warehouse of inventory and really built a deep data kind of centric view of it. And they not only index SKUs, but built context around what the products are, reviews, made it easy to, to search on them, to buy them and then deliver them. And, um, and the reason they were able to do that partially was because they're electronic, they're app-based, they're mobile-based, they're, they're really where the consumers are versus kind of the historical phone-based model that has, healthcare systems have used and so we really think that that the movement for access and for the, the consumer search in the consumer scheduling piece is moving from this phone-based model to an electronic model where it's where you have great data that serves up the right provider at the right time with the open availability that, that the consumer can book real time. And so um, it's really that movement from the from the from the old planes, uh, you know, old, old, old plane uh, the plain old phones, if you will to the modern, uh, you know, electronic movement. Sri? When I look at Amazon, Amazon is more a data and services company, right? They're not a, they're not your, you know, they're not gonna replace your, your typical store down the lane, but they do. And it's very interesting um, because all they're doing is moving product from the warehouses to, to your house based on a request that you made on, online. And how do they know that? It's because they gave you they give you that experience online to figure out, okay, I need this. I give you a fantastic directory of everything that's mapped to a single product set or categories or whatever that is, right? And that and they don't own any of that stuff, right? All they're doing is shipping it and having a fantastic logistics data-based analysis of what you would want when and how and how you can go figure out, find it and then figure out how to ship it to you. That's all they do. So in, if I take that same model and look at healthcare, right? What are we doing here? We are, I mean, the, 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 of course, the brick and mortar aspect we'll talk about. But uh, in, in almost 70, 60 to 70% of the cases, many physicians uh, offer a service. We are taking the patient and helping them get that service from that physician. And Health systems are based around that principle. Yes, there is the billing component that is an add-on component. Yes, there is a component of labs, radiologies, and you know, um, pharmacies, right? I get that. But pharmacy, again, I mean, Amazon uh, bought that uh, pill company and they, they can supply pills to you just like they supply you know, uh, detergent to your house, right? Same thing. So if, if you look at where we are going um, from a healthcare perspective, there's definitely some opportunity for us to take a step back, look at what we are doing in healthcare and how do we become that Amazon type experience, albeit a bit different. Why? Because I come from a, you know, a Catholic type entity. There is the community. There is that the touch, feel, heal aspect of it that, you know, you don't get with an Amazon type environment. But that is only in very few cases we require that. So how do we get that in a way that makes sense? And that delivers part of the customer service experience that we can get. So my goal, I mean, today at Franciscan is to figure out how do I deliver that experience? So I retain that customer, quote unquote, my patient, and make sure that the patient gets what he wants. Because the more I'm able to define the access he needs, either through scoring through my EMR and providing that schedule right in front of him, telling him, hey, within two days, you'll be able to see an oncologist, right? Because I have the data. I bring the data through simpler find, put it on a website and deliver that to him so that he or she can pick that slot. I am Amazon. Make sense? Yep. Adrian, is is Amazon the blueprint? I mean, or do we need to think, is there something better we want to shoot for or something different? Or do we have the model when we look at Amazon and say, we just have to do that and figure out how to adopt that to healthcare? Um, so Amazon has set the bar in another industry, no differently than, let's say, back in the day, Travelocity set the bar um, in travel or, you know, uh, let's say Marriott set the bar in terms of booking hotels. So there's a bar been established. And mm -hmm. so we as an, as an industry, healthcare, 
have to define our bar. And in many ways, there is no one solution or there is no playbook or blueprint that's out there. There's a lot of learnings that we can take from Amazon, Facebook, Marriott, whomever, Mm -hmm. uh, even banking. You know, uh, there's so many aspects of a customer first mentality. And for us, it's patient first, but uh, a customer first mentality um, that all of these industries have done. And and they have established their own individual um, playbook, if you will. And and we have we there's a lot of learning we can do in this in the sense that we are laggard as an industry. And so Amazon is no different to me than all of these other industries. And I mean, they're great at what they do, and there's a lot we can learn from them, but they and they have set a bar very high, but it doesn't have to be our bar. It could mm-hmm. just it's just a model which we can build off of along with all of the others. Yeah, I was going to, if I could add on to that, um, I think they're just the next iteration of the on-demand economy and Uber would be the next example after Amazon. It's, I, I, you know, we were talking about, you know, it used that, that Adrian, you you know, used to get, you know, bombarded with phone calls from patients scheduling appointments and hopefully we're you know, we're all moving toward this on online on, on, on on-demand scheduling. I just think that, that modern, the modern economy is on demand in that healthcare needs to move just like uh, FedEx, you know, move to, to kind of on demand overnight delivery that Amazon moved to, you know, next day, next day, same day shipping, uh, demand fulfillment, Uber, you know, real time rides, those, it's just part of the way that, that, that the, the economy moves and healthcare needs to move in that direction. We need to move, but we don't need to move a hundred percent. Right. So I always say uh, in my organization to my team and colleagues, we have to meet the patient where they are. So if they want to still pick up the phone and engage with us on the phone, that's fine. And that's fully acceptable. But it's really important that we meet the patient where they are. So if they want to engage with us digitally, if they want to engage with us over SMS, if they want to engage on a chatbot, they want to engage on the patient portal, on our website, wherever that is, and however they choose to we should be able to meet them where they are. And then if they switch channels, if they move from one platform to the other, it's equally important that we're able to have, you know, differently than we say in the clinical area, continuity of care. Mm-hmm. We need to have continuity of care, in quotes, air quotes there, um, in terms of if they switch from one to the other. So um, it's a seamless experience. Yeah. Sri, I think you, you know, I don't know what you said before really kind of crystallized things for me about, simplifying what we're trying to do as a health system, right? What are we doing? What are we selling? What are we providing? And then like Amazon, let's provide that in a digital environment with a lot of context and helping people make decisions. I don't know, that that made a lot of sense to me. I don't know, it seemed to simplify something very complex and give you a way to move forward. Can you elaborate on that a little more? So when I said uh, simplify, I think if you take the episodic nature of how we operate, I mean, if you take the average 18 to 55, 65-year-old people, uh, they see probably a physician a year, once a year, twice a year, maybe thrice a year, unless you have something a little bit more, uh, you know, a bigger event in your life. Uh, It's, it's, that's, that's your typical average time you see a physician, right? As we say, right, 95% of healthcare data is outside healthcare, right? So how do we figure out? Um, because the, the first question, let us say you have an episode and then you're gonna have uh, Amazon, uh, you can log into an Amazon type of experience. The first question we ask is go through a triage process, right? Mm-hmm. Standard process. So in that triage process, you're going to provide data based on past history that you've been through in the past, what are day, two days, three days, three months, doesn't matter. You're gonna provide some past history that's gonna give the physician or the clinician, somebody on the other side, what's happening with your environment, right? And then have that interaction. That's what I would call an episode. More episodes of care is what we are beginning to see and we want everything on demand, right? I want an episode Mm -hmm. on demand because I have pain on my left knee right now, right? That is where we are. I mean, otherwise drones won't be delivering goods today, right? So it's a very different mindset. So if in that, I would call extremely satisfying now mindset, having that touch and feel with 
any physician, because no longer a physician is, you, you used to have that patriarchal kind of mode where you know, I got to go see my doctor, right? Mm -hmm. There's no more my doctor. Any doctor could be my doctor, right? Because that's, trans, that's changed, that's transformed. We saw that during COVID. So if we go down that path, transitioning from that episodic care to having that conversation with any doctor is great. Having that feeling, that kind of capability that I can deliver care to any person from any state, think about federal policy, that's great as well. So now you are taking that data, you're delivering that data to the physician on the one side where the patient is seeking care. For the patients, you're delivering the data on his table to figure out where to get care. And all you are doing as an Amazon is matchmaking. Think about it, right? A physician wants to see a specific type of patient. A patient wants to see a specific type of physician. You put in together matchmaking. Now, what is Amazon doing? Same thing, matchmaking. I want this kind of detergent with whatever, 12 ounces or whatever it is. It's showing you this 16 opportunities. You pick the one that you want with the rating. So mm -hmm. tomorrow, ratings, which I think Simpler gives you, right? Ratings of physicians, capabilities of physicians have, like I can do all these kind of procedures or these kinds of processes or these kind of care models. I can take care of all of this stuff. Great, no problem. The only hitch in our environment is payment. When you go down that payment discussion, because we have a health plan that is in the middle, there is a lot of back and forth that changes the way process works. Mm -hmm. If we were just buying services, like we go to Amazon and buy services, mm -hmm. very different environment. Much so simpler. Much simpler. It's simpler. If yeah. it's simpler, if you are doing only buy and experience, it is complicated when you are paying a premium, your employer is paying a premium, and you have to get services for X, and then you have those, you know, what I'm eligible for, what mm -hmm. I'm authorized, for, all of that stuff creates a level of complexity that is what we have in healthcare. So there is a difference. Happens in fee-for-service will definitely be different in a population health type environment. Simpler in a population health environment. Yes. Right? Yes. Tom, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I what I what I hear Sri talking about is is friction, right? In healthcare, there's just a lot of friction for the consumer in how they um, they, they can book the appointment and they can go on the appointment and they can pay the copay, but you know the follow up care is is medicine covered? Are procedures that are required covered? And uh, and that's just that's to me that's a data problem, and that's one that 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 systems like Simpler Directory and, and others are are, are going to tackle, um, and that we should do a better job. We need to do a better job for consumers to tell them um, what the pathway for the least amount of friction is in their process. I mean, I just I, I've got a, I've got a bad knee, so I just had to. Uh, I just had three injections in my knee and it took a month for me to get my insurance company uh, with a specialty pharmacy on the same phone just to approve it and, and with my doctor. And so I ended up having to be my own concierge to kind of figure all this out. Hmm. And that's just too much. Right. Mm -hmm. And that, that technology data specifically, we need to build a, beta, a better data model to solve it, solve for those problems, the friction that Shree's talking about in health plans. Adrian, any I think thoughts? There's, I think there's something uniquely different about healthcare beyond a payment models. So when I buy detergent on Amazon, I buy detergent. And yeah. based upon that detergent, I don't, I mean, maybe I have to go buy other things, but it's a standalone episode and it could stand on its own. Um, and while there are episodes of care in healthcare that will stand alone, where I can just go buy a transaction on an on-demand type experience, more often than not, you're talking about a person and all the care that they need and, and the tests and the results all are interrelated, especially as we move into more, not just chronic care, but more um, or care that's, that requires uh, more hands-on um, you know, the, as the acuity gets higher, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So uh, 
if someone's just trying to take care of, and, I, and I've used this example before, acne, maybe you can, maybe it's a standalone type episode, but now when you're working with someone who has heart disease or cancer, the situation is, is vastly different. And, and, and I think we do have a lot of learning that we can do from Amazon in the sense of what is that um, experience like and using the data that we have to manage that experience better and to reduce the frictions, frictions, plural, whatever they are for our patients. Um, but I don't think it's exclusively like buying detergent. Well, Sri, what, what about this? And Adrian's been talking about this, that could you have uh, a, a dynamic where, let's say you're an individual with a particular condition and you see your doctor, you want to see them. This is a, a, a chronic condition or a lifelong condition or a serious condition. So I want to see my doctor for this. So that's one setup. But as we mentioned, episodic care, acne, pink eye, some other things, I don't need to see that person for that stuff. I want convenience for that. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to have less convenience if I have to for the consistency yeah. of care with that with that one individual, whereas for the other things, I'm going to the most convenient venue. Well, as a health system, what do you do about that? Where do you want to play? Do you want to play everywhere in both those areas, or do you give up one to companies like Amazon and say, we're going to let them have that because we can't do what they can do, but we're going to provide the best experience over here? So we're looking at doing both, right, from our perspective, because uh, we want to keep, we, so the one way we would do this is we would offer the remote patient monitoring. We would offer the visit when they want it. We would offer this through what Adrian was talking about, right? Either, you know, depending on whichever channel it is, right? Talk, text, video, whatever, you name it, we have it. So you would have that as a way to, to manage the episodic care. Okay, got it. Now, I don't want that episodic care. I want something more longitudinal, right? Now, when mm -hmm. I go longitudinal, I need the data that you, what, what you had with that episodic care because that helps feed that information. Well, with 21st century cures, I can just ask for it and I should be able to get it, right? That's another option. But from a longitudinal care perspective, let us say I, I'm now, I have to see an oncologist for whatever reason, and I have to go through a series of treatment plans. That's a very different mindset, very different concept, very different understanding of how healthcare operates. Amazon will never be able to get there, right? We know that. And they might be able to get there in a way, but they will still have to go through the same process that an average person will go through today. So if we take that model and go, okay, for those kinds of repeat visits and oncology treatment plans or something like that, I go through this model. Awesome. So I have two different models. One is, Instant mm -hmm. gratification, quote unquote, right? Instant on-demand patient visit with a physician for my episodic care. On the other hand side, I need a chronic illness management-based discussion that I have on this side. Now, if I take an average person that's beyond the age of 65 and we put him in a population health management scenario, PHM, that's a completely different aspect of when you're, you're, you're taking patients at risk, which we do. So if I take patients mm -hmm. at risk, that means I'm doing everything for the patient because I get compensated for that patient, not because of fee-for-service, but for a overall at-risk-based, value-based approach I take, right? Then I'm looking at doing remote patient monitoring for him. I'm looking at wellness visits. I'm looking at touch base multiple times with him. I'm looking at if he needs any chronic care processes and taking care of care management, all that stuff, I am doing that. That means I'm transcending into both worlds. You see, I've got mm -hmm. family care, intern, in, uh, internal medicine care on the PCP side. So what we've created is what we call pods. We've created that group of uh, what we call physicians. I shouldn't say physicians in a way because there are not, everybody's not a physician in that group. Uh, you got a clinician, you got a nutrition, you got a you got a dietitian, you got a uh, um, um, like a cardiologist. You got all of those people aligned with the care of that patient. That's a completely different model, which you will have for at-risk patients. So you got the Amazon type experience, boom, episode visit 
done, mm-hmm. then I got, oh my God, I need to get my hip replaced. That's a series of visits, a series of processes and so on and so forth. Great. And then I got this in between, which is I have to take some of this, I have to take some of this, put it together, offer that as a platform for patients. I got those three capabilities we do today. Tom, new thoughts? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, it's this Adrian's notion of this continuity of care is a really important piece. And then Sri's point about that you've got to layer in the transactional side of it. It's just a really complex issue. Uh, and you and you look at kind of what the real, the real world things that, that Sri and Adrian are doing in that they're standing up a consumer experience that allows consumers to start that land, that discussion. So they can call in, but they can also go online. They can go into a mobile app. They can go into the channels or omni-channel. They can go into wherever the consumer is and really let the consumer communicate with them what they what their needs are, whether it's an annual visit for continuity care, or whether uh, or or if it's or if it's you know if it's a, if it's some kind of disease state, or if it's a transactional question. I, I need. I'm curious if I if I need to go have this exam or that exam. And having the tools and the technology now to start that dialogue, I think, are super important. And um, I just, you know, I, I think Shri and Adrian are both on on that journey right now. And um, I think you have to have that open dialogue on both both sides of the, of the fence, the continuity care side, but also the the episodic uh, questions that consumers will have. All right, very good. Next question, uh, Shri, we're going to start with you. There are many things you can do in terms of digital transformation, but how do you decide which things you will do based on the resources at your disposal? Ah, that's a very tough question. Um, I go back to what Adrian said. We meet the patient where they want us to be, right? So um, we have all ways to get there. So we've got we've got capabilities to to do hospital at home, for example, right? Where the patient comes in to the ED, he doesn't go to the hospital. He goes home with a kit that we can start monitoring and getting a feedback. Right? That's hospital at home. On the other hand side, we've got patients who says, I will do my own triage. I'll see my doc when I need to see a doc. Can you get me an appointment at this time, at this place? This is what I want to do. Okay, we got that too. Or can you kind of patient can go and say, hey, I want to go and see my doctor. Just give me a portal. I just go log in, give me the information. I'll schedule it myself. I see the doctor. I know what I'm doing. Awesome. You have a uh, you have a patient portal that does all that capabilities and make it go from there. Not an issue. The issue is bringing it all together, right? The patient should be aware of all of these things, three things coming together, number one. So we are pushing a lot of what I would call, I shouldn't call it marketing, but something similar to help the patients understand all of these modes of our communication capabilities, all of these capabilities that we put in place to make sure it happens. But at the same time, we are there on the phone. So, okay, if you have a question, have a concern, pick up the phone, call our engagement center, and you'll get somebody to answer you so that we can keep you calm. That is the other piece that we, we all, we've always been doing. That's nothing new, but that's our complete fallback option. So we have we have all these as, as opportunities, and we've done some of them, some in uh, different levels of priorities, depending on our patient population, a patient ask. Adrian? So at the end of the day, there's unlimited wants and limited resources. And so how do you match that, right? Um, and that's the challenge. And so ultimately, at the least common denominator, each item can hold its own in terms of a return on investment. So project A could have one ROI, another one has another ROI, another one has another ROI. So for me, it's really about sequencing the various digital transformations in the order that yields the maximum return on investment. And so what do I mean by that? So it's sort of like building a house. Uh, if you do one thing and then you build something on top of it, uh, it works a lot better. And so let's pick on uh, find, for example. So for us, um, it was really important to get data management and our provider information 
core and get that right. And, and sequentially in our digital transformation, that's why it was really, really important that we get that right. And, you know, jokingly, we call it, you know, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like this is a base level physical need. It's not physical, it's actually data, but at a data level, that's a base foundation that we need. And so from there, where, how we're building our house is the next level is to do online scheduling. And so once we have our online scheduling in order, then the next level is let's bring the online scheduling, let's say, into our chatbot. And there's a few other iterations of technologies or things on our digital roadmap that we built where we had one item and then we went into the next. Could we have done it in uh, parallel steps or could we have sequenced it differently? Yes, but ultimately it was about yielding the maximum return on the investment by sequencing the various initiatives correctly. And so for us, it's about road mapping, um, thinking about the dollars that will come back for the investment that we spend, um, and then trying to use those extra dollars now that we have it to kind of do the next initiative. And so there is, yes, there's a lot that we have to do and we have limited resources. And so um, that's the strategy that we've been taking here. So Sri, let's start with you on this. Talk about that. You mentioned the pods, but um, beyond that, if you want to talk about the digital transformation going on at your organization, what are you currently working on and what's down the road? So we are working on several things at the same time, both on the inpatient side, on the ambulatory side. On the inpatient side, uh, we're looking at, you know, an EICU type model, right, where we've got, you know, over 200 ICU beds across the system. How do we um, how do we bring it all together, right? How do you take care of those acute patients that need to get um, uh, addressed appropriately? And uh, how do we make sure that uh, those patients are uh, can 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 be uh, you know taken care of well, you know, in the wee hours of the night and so on and so forth? Um, instead of just calling that same physician or are tied to that hospital, how do we spread that capability from there? Um, so that is something that we are looking at doing on the EICU side. Uh, follow on through, um, like I talked about, we've got uh, capabilities on how we are improving the patient's access, patient capability, patient experience inside the hospital. So we are, you know, putting in, you know, um, sorry for my epic term, it's called my chart bedside. So you would put uh, you would put a, a bedside a tablet in front of the patient and allow the patient to have a different kind of experience. So that's the other thing we're doing on the digital side. While we did this, um, uh, while we're doing this, we also are trying to figure out how do we engage with the physician and the patient in different forms. So a COVID-19 classic example, uh, we actually had a physician sitting in one conference room seeing six patients in half an hour and reducing length of stay by about two days that really helped improve our patient number of beds that were available for our patients, right? Acuity, throughput, all of that stuff. So the, we've done something on the inpatient side. Now, shift over to the um, ambulatory side. Uh, we've done a lot of work associated with patient engagement, access to care, ability for them to interact with us, chats, those kinds of things that they could be able to get to when we need to from their perspective um, on the, on the um, you know, from a, from a episodic care perspective. So you got two sides of the equation, right? And then you got the pods in between. So when the physician, when the patient is discharged from the hospital, he's not discharged and he's not no longer going to be seen by somebody the, tied to the system, right? Because typically what happens, I'll go see our PCP. Now, in this case, we created that pod structure. The PCP is part of the care team. The hospital is part of the care team. The physician who saw him before was part of the care team. A specialist is part of the care team. A, a nurse who was during his stay is part of the care team. The home health nurse who visits him is part of the care team. And so does the physician in the nursing home. So we bring that entire structure together and have that conversation with the patient. That solves some of the digital capabilities that we need, right? They need to have access to the data. So we give them those tools, their capabilities in their own hands in a way that makes sense for them. So that's the other aspect of digital engagement we are focused on today. Very good, Adrian. So we sliced it a little bit differently. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you kind of get to the same end goal, but rather than and dividing it as inpatient and ambulatory, uh, we bifurcated it as our digital front door initiatives and our virtual care strategy. So when we start to talk about digital front door, it was really about act patient 
acquisition, onboarding, and engagement. And so when we start thinking about, and this is all layered on top of our existing strategy, which we already had, which was our patient portal strategy. So, you know, we're, we're talking and looking at things like find a doc, think about virtual care, reputation management, wayfinding, geolocation, chatting, um, and engaging with the patient. So really thinking, looking at things like sentiment analysis and how we can engage with patients in the multiple channels, um, chat, email, text, um, inbound calls, outbound calls, the call center, et cetera, proactive and uh, reactive. So that's kind of like our digital front door strategy. And, And paramount to that is as we're putting all of these implementations, you know, in our hierarchy of needs, one of the highest points or the apex is really around our mobile first strategy. And so we are going to, or we're actively engaged right now in thinking about how our unified mobile application will look like that will consist of many of these other strategies. And so um, kind of marrying all of those other implementations related to digital, but giving patients that one unified front door, if they choose to engage with us for mobile. Um, And so that mobile app will enable them to, let's say, find a doctor, book with a physician, find an urgent care appointment, look at how long the wait times are in the EDs, park their car if they show up, find the the respective office. If they're having a digital visit, um, whether it's an urgent care on-demand visit or uh, in-office visit, uh, excuse me, uh, a face-to-face video visit, they'll be able to do that on the app. And so the app is is sort of like the apex. um, At the bottom is the foundation that we built with the provider data management. Then when we flip over to the remote care or virtual care aspects of it, we're really thinking about it in many, many aspects. And so First and paramount uh, for us was really about that, uh, what we call our direct-to-consumer virtual visit platform. And so integrated with our EHR, starting to think about how those video visits will take place. Um, And then above that, we added on, uh, we do have a tele-ICU. We're starting right now to work on our telestroke and remote patient monitoring efforts, um, starting to really kind of put a comprehensive virtual health plan. But at the end of the day, it has to tie back with the front of the house, right? With how the patient engages with us on the digital front door. And so ultimately all of it is engaging with our EHR, Epic in our case, it's engaging with our digital first strategy, trying to make sure everybody's engaging there. And so whether it's digital front door or telehealth, like I said, we're trying to sequence out the initiatives um, so that we're able to kind of give a comprehensive patient experience. Very good. Tom, um, you work with a lot of different customers and they're all trying to uh, be more Amazon-like or they're trying to provide a better digital experience. What do you see the best ones doing? The, the, The ones that you work with that stand out? What are some common traits that you're seeing among those health systems? So they, they you know, they they start with, you know, what Adrian said, which is kind of this digital house uh, metaphor and that they really build a, a deep foundation of data and not just on what the providers do, their expertise, their their retail storefronts, but also they they, they go deeper into their service lines, they index, and really understand the health plans to lower the friction on the buying side that we talked about earlier with Sri. And then they, they take all that rich data and then they serve it up omni-channel. So they serve it up within the, you know websites uh, and they do websites, not just um, what you think of as their main, their main retail storefront website, but they'll also do it through their, their CINs, their ACOs, so they'll have microsites that hang off all this rich data that enables that the consumers who are part of that ACO to actually have that experience, their narrow network. So they'll work with the local employers in town to build unique uh, health plans um, for, the, for the employees and then build special purpose uh, omni-channel tools for the consumer to find the right doctor. And that, you know, it's not just web, it's not just microsite, but it's also mobile apps. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's embedding search into things like uh, live, live chat um, and other areas where the consumers are going to, to ask basic questions, but also 
search on and find the right provider for the right procedures. And, and, uh, and so we really look at our clients across the board and say, what are they doing to uh, bring this nimble experience that consumers are used to in other industries, as we talked about, to healthcare? You know, one example is a client um, needed to roll out, you know, a roughly 20 uh, COVID testing stations. This is, you know, go back in nine, 9, 12 months. Uh, real time in their metro in their in their metro area, and they wanted a way to con- communicate to their consumer population where those where those uh, portable testing sites were, and they were moving them and they were changing the hours of operation, kind of on demand based on where the hotspots for COVID were. They were able to stand up within the the fine now simpler directory infrastructure um, these testing sites. So they built detailed profiles, rich data profiles on these testing sites. And index, you know, location, uh, how to how to contact them, hours of operation, and then we're able to manage that data real time. So as the sites move, they actually were able to change the real time profiles on on their website and websites to show the consumers where to go, how to get these tests done, um, and, and different information on that. So we really think that you know uh, that as healthcare evolves and changes, that it's all about being omnichannel. Being being nimble with consumers about what's available um, at their fingertips via whatever device. All right, very good. I want to uh, throw out our poll as I'm uh, curious about this. So we're going to launch this now. It's an agree disagree. IT needs to do a better job of setting expectations so users don't compare a health system's digital tools to those offered by Amazon and Facebook. So the point is. Do we need to lower expectations a little bit or is that the wrong strategy? Is that the wrong strategy? Is it just trying to achieve what they've come to expect? Um, And maybe, you know, for internal, for physicians and things like that, you need to say, Hey, we have, we don't have the same resources as Amazon and Facebook. So we're going to do the best we can. So there's the question, agree or disagree. And our, our panelists can answer as well. And we will take a look at that in a moment. So I want to get to an audience question, throw that out first. And this is from our friend who I always have to give a shout out to, our friend Bill Spooner. So uh, this is from a good source. Um, To what extent are you gaining input from the patient uh, slash consumer population as to the care model they desire? Are patients content to see any doc or do they want an ongoing relationship with the doc of their choice? Are we at risk of chasing the market with our technology versus learning its needs? Shri? Interesting question, uh, Bill. Thank you. Um, so the, the first thing we did was uh, we evaluated, uh, are we doing a good job with our patient? Right. So we do, of course, patient surveys and feedback and all those things. Uh, then you do focus groups with patients, you bring them into your organization, help them figure out, tell them what this, these are our strategies, and then and then come back and say, okay, this is working or not working. So it's an ongoing engagement process with the patients in order to get their feedback. But till such time we get that feedback, we'll be going down a path, but we, we, we might be chasing things that we may not be doing. So that's become part of our DNA now to engage with the patient differently, to pull that data back in order to feed our uh, kind of a roadmap for where we want to go next. Adrian? So one of the things that we've turned on is what we call our communication preferences. Um, It's actually a feature in our EHR where we are able to see how they wish to engage with us for various actions. So for example, um, if it's an appointment reminder, do they prefer it to be a phone call or do they prefer for it to be SMS or do they want to engage with us on the patient portal? If it's a bill, do they want a paper mail letter in the mail or is it adequate for us to send um, something digital over to them via email or is something in, in the patient portal? So ultimately what we're trying to do is gather more and more patient preferences in terms of communication, how they wish for us to communicate with them. In terms of the specific question Bill asks is, what is the care model they desire? Um, So care model, I think we're talking strictly on the digital side of the virtual health, if they wanna do in-person or virtual health. 
and and truthfully in that world we've never forced patients to engage with us um, in a virtual health platform. It's an option, it's a choice. So they may call in for an appointment and um, when they're scheduling that appointment online in the future or on the phone today, um, they have the choice of seeing, okay, I have an in-person appointment face-to-face on this date. I have maybe another date um, where I can meet with somebody um, for either episodic care or with my preferred doctor. And so ultimately the choice is the patient's, but as the caregiver, it's our responsibility to offer those options to the patient. And so whether it's engaging with them on the phone or digitally on any of these platforms, um, we need to uh, present to patients what their options are and, and, and with time, and as we get more mature, we'll start to have a sense of what more we need to do and if we need to expand one market versus another. Um, obviously, you know, digital health as it relates to virtual care and, and uh, telehealth, it's all brand spanking new. <laughs> we have the luxury of decades of having the technology, but only the luxury of one year of really, really doing it as an industry. And so... As things evolve over the next decade and as uh, generations come and go, um, even what a specific generation desires will morph. And so, you know, with time, we may see the ratio of in-office to um, to telehealth visits or episodic care or those three models that Sri talked about. We might see that those ratios um, get tweaked or modified. Um, but we kind of have to go incrementally, right? And so where patients are leaning, we have to, we as healthcare organizations have to lean with them. Very good. Very good. Tom? Yeah, you know, it's, you know, I, I don't have the, the, the benefit of, of, of all the recent market research that Sri and Adrian do from, the, the, from their patient side. But I, I do think it's important for healthcare systems and plans to stand up systems and platforms that can service the entire community of, of patients and, and, and do it you know, do it from a uniform uniform perspective, meaning that there are just so many products and ideas out there that it's it's really important to have some sense of standardization for consumers within a health system so that the voice, the messaging, the content is is um, can be stood up across these different channels that we're talking about. Whether the, whether you know whatever the form of, of of service is, and that it's just important. For, we think that for health systems and health plans to standardize around technology, that really helps them have a unified brand, unified messaging, and better customer service really for their for their patients. All right, now is my favorite part of the program where I'm going to have our panelists guess at the poll results. So I want one number from each of you. What percentage agree with my question? that IT needs to do a better job of, let's say, lowering expectations so users don't compare uh, the health systems, digital tools to Amazon and Facebook. So, Tom, what percentage agree with me? It's it's such a great question. Um, I think um, that, let's see, I think that that 25%. 25% agree. Adrian? Yeah. Just want a number. So I'd That's like. That's all I want is a number. Well, I want to explain it. I'm I sorry. know it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so most people, I think the population would be 50-50. I think people like to blame IT for everything. So I think uh, it should be maybe 60 agree with that comment. But then the audience, I don't know who the audience is. And I think it's IT professionals. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to land at. 40 because they won't blame themselves okay going with 40 straight well, yeah go ahead i'd do 50 50 50 50 i was oh. i was gonna i'll defend mine just before you give before you get the answer i was gonna right. say that i that I, I was being aspirational for it professionals thinking that that um that they're that they're they're shooting high as far as their expectations all right well we're gonna share our results now and we're gonna see that Shri was the winner. 57% agree that we got to lower the expectations and set ourselves up for success, right? 
low expectations. That's good. But I still have a problem with that response because uh, uh, lowering expectations is very difficult to do uh, when you're asked to do more with less, right? So uh, you did all this work during COVID. Why not do more? So that's the question now. We, we, we can do more, but I think uh, uh, there were things that we did not do during COVID that we had a pass. Uh, I don't think that we're going to get a pass that way again. So we, we have to reconsider that. So this makes sense. Well, you could do both. You can do the work and lower expectations. So you can oh, way yeah, on time, yeah. True, you know? yes. Uh, but, you know, you're going to find out if you got to need a new, new resume or not then. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. All right. We're going to do a little lightning round of uh, final advice. Um, let's picture someone out there, CIO, CISO, digital transformation officer, someone at a health system, wants some quick advice. What's your quick advice on, on uh, what you've seen work and what they can do going forward? Adrian, why don't you go first? Uh, some quick advice. I would say throw it up all on a wall. Um, what are all the things that you want to do and start mm -hmm. sequencing uh, priority to the organization, maybe a two by two matrix, priority to the organization versus ease of implementation. All right, Sri. Uh, I would say don't chase technology. Uh, let us work with our business partners to develop the right capabilities for the organization deliver that to your best possible capability before start chasing stuff down. Because when you start chasing stuff down, you never do a good job of what you did yesterday. And you always are trying to figure out where you are and you lose a sense of purpose. Uh, that is very difficult from a, I mean, being, being in IT, I'm saying this, but that's what we have seen people do that go wrong uh, when we really need to change the way we do things and behave. Very good, Tom. We'll give you the last word. Yeah, and I'm focusing on what the core strategy is from a consumer perspective, digital perspective. It's you know if it you know it's it's if it's standing up a, a, a provider search and scheduling tool, it's it all goes back to the the data model and and how and how well do they know what their providers their their locations their the services they offer, what they do, what their availability is. And so I'd focus in on first identifying stack ranking, what, what products they offer, and then how do they integrate those into their omni-channel kind of environments, starting with the website. Very good. Excellent. Um, that's about all we had time for today regarding continuing education. You could use the final slide in this deck. You'll get an email when the on-demand recording of this event is ready for viewing. If you want to sponsor an event with us, you can reach out to Nancy Wilcox from my, our team, and you can go to our website to register for upcoming webinars. With that, I want to thank our panel. Tremendous conversation today. Shri Bardwaj, Adrian Mammon, and Tom White. And I want to thank Fine Technologies, now a simpler company, for sponsoring and making the talk possible. And thank you, our attendees, for joining our events. And with that, everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take, Take care. care. Thank you.